Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Derek Romer. He's the director of the new film, Come Clean, which you can see on TVO. He directed it with Neil Graham of Insurgent Projects. You might know them from their previous film and this is a tv original it's uh it's a it's a it's a 19-day study it's a personal very deeply relational very intimate film about addiction six million canadians will meet the criteria for addiction in our lifetimes this is opiate related deaths have, have surged 25 percent in ontario our province or my province in the first few months of the pandemic and they continue uh, to be uh, at crisis point levels it's across the country it seems to me these types of issues are, are not just canadian they're human this is human experience to some degree and we're all you know suffering of, uh, in one way or another and some people respond uh, uh, in, in a way that maybe we can't understand or we need to know more about and that's what this film come clean is really really all about um it, derek and i we chat about uh, a lot of things we talk about some of the you know the technical aspects of of the film but really we get into why is it he felt called to this and it came out of an article in Walrus Magazine, which I so loved that something so simple pulled him in. What is it about addiction and, and how uh, could he uh, and Neil address these misconceptions? He wanted to st step into and, and smash the stigma with regard uh, to addiction. We're not just talking about statistics here. We're talking about people. We're talking about real lives and families who are affected in so, so many different ways. And so they embedded themselves for 19 days and they were, they became a part of a particular kind of family. I suppose, and they got into things about recovery and 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 why uh, we talk about uh, heart being being hardwired when it comes to addiction and and about this notion of disease and how do we how do we look at healing and how do we look at change and how do we um, how do we actually talk about 
community-based solutions to these types of issues that that are around us in so many ways. They're in our neighborhoods. We've got to get outside of our own backyard, of course, but they are, in fact, in our neighborhoods. Trauma, codependency, are these things hereditary? We, Derek talked about guardian angels of support. Just we, 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 we covered a lot of ground. So stay tuned for a fascinating conversation with Derek. Uh, you will want to check out this film. I trust it's going to be international soon, but tvo.org, uh, you can find it there. You can find it on uh, YouTube. YouTube as well. And don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my writing and my speaking. You can get a copy of uh, Real Changes Incremental there. I'd love for you to buy that uh, online, ebook or uh, actual book. And uh, more importantly, face-to-facelive.ca is there as well under the same umbrella coming up on 600 interviews. Go back and look through some of my library, listen to some stuff there. Please sign up and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. That's really super important. And then if you can get word on the street for us, leave us a review, iTunes, Spotify. We would so appreciate that. And, uh, but for the time being, stay tuned, uh, here on face to face, Derek Romer talking about, uh, his new film, come clean. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here with us today. We have uh, filmmaker, writer, producer, uh, storyteller, Derek Romer here today to talk about his new film, Come Clean. Derek, thanks for taking the time uh, with me on Face to Face. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Dave. So, listen, uh, I guess with a film like this, I, I don't know, do you talk about spoilers in a film like this, Derek? I mean, this is a this is a pretty intimate personal uh, story or group of stories that you're telling here. And, and uh, yeah, anyway, I'd love you to give some context for, for our listeners about uh, not only where they can see Come Clean, but what, what, what are we talking about here? What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about uh, following four addicts through 19 days of in-treatment and then over the course of the next year post-treatment, uh, in one case, a year and a half. So, we embedded ourselves, myself Neil Gra- and Neil Graham were the two primary filmmakers on the project, and we embedded ourselves for 19 days in treatment with the subjects that we follow. So we were living at the Westover Treatment Center in southwestern Ontario, which is basically the setting of the first half of the film. And um, we were there 24-7 for 19 days and, you know, th- three cameras sometimes following um a group of uh, originally 11 people uh, in treatment every Monday, a new group of clients come in um, with various, you know, different kinds of addictions and uh, they live there for 19 days and and we were there with them and and filming and, and finding a story, finding stories to follow throughout the film. And in the end, it came down to four main stories that we followed. So, yeah. Did you have any did you have any criteria going in? I mean, I I I'm interested to know. I mean, always interested to know what draws a storyteller to a specific project, mm. and why why this and not some other story. Was 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 it a news article for you? Was it was it was it the realities of COVID and the isolation? I mean, how, how did what tipped that for you? It, it, well, this project started long before COVID. Um, you know, I think it was late 2016, and and you know before COVID was do- dominating the the news headlines, uh, I was seeing a lot of coverage of the opioid crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, it was still uh, focused around OxyContin, for instance, and and the issues around OxyContin and, and Purdue Pharma, um, sort of you know investigative journalism stuff. Um, 
and and then I was also seeing images in the in the media at night of um, you know paramedics reviving uh, overdosed addicts on the streets of downtown Vancouver and sometimes Toronto, you know, reviving them with 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 naloxone. So there was a lot of that coverage going on, and and, and and films also being made about those issues, and I and I was looking, seeing them, and and one of the things that struck me was that, especially with the when you see the addicts in the street and and the paramedics re- reviving them, saving their lives, I, I I thought oh, I've seen a lot of films and, and news coverage of addicts in the street, but you know there must be something more to it. I don't know who these people are. I don't get a sense of, of, of them as, as people behind the addiction, as the person behind the addiction. So that, those, that was kind of rolling around in my head, that, that, those ideas, those thoughts. And um, uh, shortly thereafter, I came across an article in the Walrus magazine called Oxytown. And it, and hmm. it focuses on at the you know it was written 2015 i believe or, or published in 2015 it focuses on the chatham kent region and and one of the things it was saying was there's a very high rate of addiction here in southwestern ontario in this region of southwestern ontario i think at the time it was stating that uh it had the highest rate of addiction now i don't know how you quantify that but but that's the gist of this the story and you know and, and it raises questions why is that and that's so that became another question in my head why is there so much addiction and of course by the time i read it a year later and and moving forward the rate of addiction has skyrocketed across ontario canada and the U.S. Uh, I mean, you know, I think we know that, and and the, the opioid crisis, as they call it, has continued. Um, and and so I uh, sent this article to my, you know, uh, filmmaking partner Neil Graham and said, "Look at this. It's in our backyard." And the initial question to answer was, "Why is there so much addiction there, or in general?" And Neil had had his own personal run-in with addiction. He had a back uh, injury and, and, and then consequently surgery and was on painkillers, which he un, you know, unknowingly became addicted to um, once he started, start, his surgery was over and started to try to stop taking the pills. He, he was having horrible withdrawal symptoms and you know, was literally begging his wife to give him another pill. And so, mm. you know, the way I, I, I don't want to speak too much about him. It's his story, but I, and I know he's fine with me telling it, but you know, he, he basically could not, after he came out, after he survived that uh, episode, he couldn't really fathom how he could come become addicted to something because um, he's never had any of those kinds of issues previously. And so it was a, an eye-opening experience for him. And, and, and he realized, well, if it could happen to me, it could be anybody. And this is, this is ultimately a big part of this film is, you know, we could all be addicts. We all probably, well, we all probably know somebody that, that, that has yeah. addiction issues, right? So, so that was what we went into the start of making the film. Uh, with and and so because of this article mentioning Westover Treatment Center in southwestern Ontario, in a place called Tamsville, a little village, um, we started there, and and we and we we contacted the executive director there and started having conversations, and then so over the course of a year and a half, conversations with uh, the executive director and some other staff members, we we kind of developed 
an idea for a film and they then they offered us unfettered access to their program and helped us find uh, a group of people that would be willing to be in the film and so that's why we ended up there um it wasn't that we were pretty pretty remarkable that pretty remarkable that you were able to embed for 19 days it is remarkable i mean the access you know access is a funny thing because when you see great documentaries with with great access it, it just becomes um um you know people just just kind of take it for granted including the funders including you know the broadcasters because right that's what they want that's what they expect and so but just getting that access as i said took took a a, a good year and a half of diff- discussions and meetings and 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 uh at some point you know there was a trust um developed between ourselves and and the executive director and the program um director there mike hannon who's in the film and then mike offered this up you know with the permission of the executive director obviously but he 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 said listen we really would like to see a film made that would you know address the misconceptions uh behind addiction and that and, 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 and drug addicts, um, substance, you know, people that use misuse substance. So, so they kind of, they went the extra mile to, to help us, um, and give us like complete unfettered access and no editorial control. They, they just said, you make your film and we're not going to try to tell you what to do. And so, yeah, that was very, very, it's, it's very rare. In, in, in our was that, was that something new for Westover? I, I know that it comes out in the film that the the counselors are uh, um, former addicts themselves. They've they've gone through certain. Well, I think the phrase is life. They have the life experience, lived experience. I yeah, think that's the phrase. I shouldn't assume that they're all uh, former addicts, but but it certainly kind of comes through in their their demeanor and their. Um, yeah, even some of the commentary, you the know, comment, the way that they, the way they communicate, they yeah. This road. yeah, yeah, no. Um, so yes, it was the first time they've allowed cameras into uh, Westover. Um, you know, they had, they've had people come with cameras and do promotional videos like, you know, here for, sure. for Westover, but, but never with the clients that are currently in treatment. Um, and never in 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 uh, this you know the treatment settings either one-on-one uh, therapy sessions or, or or group therapy sessions none of, none of that was ever filmed. Um, in fact, the, you might notice it in the film uh, if you look closely, but there are signs on on doors saying no no cell phones allowed inside, and a large part of that is because they don't want people taking photos or videos and posting them on on um, on on social media. So you know, this was a big thing to have cameras in there. And, um, yeah, I mean, kudos to them. Did you ever, did you ever come up against any pushback from, from the four, um, folks that you were following or anyone else internally? I, I, you know, that classic, uh, what is it? Heisenberg uncertainty principle, right? You put the camera in the situation and things change. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say pushback. So, so our group in the film, they're called group 1313. And that is just a coincidence. And it's, Literally, they are the 1,000. What's the yeah 1,313th group to right. to have been formed or you know created for for a session since the uh, inception of the uh, the program. So um, in group 1313, everybody was contacted ahead of time and asked if they would be willing to be in the film, and they said yes and signed a release 
beforehand. And then, um, so they started on New Year's Eve of 2018, so on the cusp of 2019. And that was, that's a Monday. It was just coincidentally a Monday. And we said, well, we can't pass that up. So, you know, our goal was- I was going to say, that's like, that's perfect for a filmmaker, isn't yeah, it? That's yeah. just, that's gold. Yeah, that is. So, 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 yeah. So then the idea was to follow them from, you know, one New Year's Eve to the following New Year's Eve, which is what we did. And then, um, so they started, they were the first group of the year. And then the next Monday, another group comes in. And so generally, there's always three groups, uh, you know, a, a junior, intermediate, and senior group, they call them, uh, at, at, at the facility, at, at the center uh, in treatment. And um, so then the next group came in, and we hadn't contacted them ahead of time. And so when the, the Monday they came in, the counselor set up a meeting for them and, and us and we explained our project and asked them if they'd be willing to be in the film and some of them said no and and others said yes and so the ones that said no we we, we shot around them uh and, and then consequently the next monday the same thing happened again so hmm. but i would say you know out of every group the, the majority there were some that dissented but there the majority said yes um so uh, it was surprising how many and so people said yes, and of course we were incredibly grateful that they said yes, that they they were, they yeah, were willing to. Well, it gives an in. I think you know. I think did I read um, in the press kit uh, the phrase, and I, I'm assuming you and you wrote it. Uh, the, uh, the, is the quote "They are us"? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the fact that you were able to embed and step in gives gives me, you know, the viewer gives us an opportunity to say, well, hopefully to empathize and say. I was going to ask you the question about you, and I think you've already touched on it, you know, that notion of there, but for the grace of God, go I. Mm. And, and I wonder, you know, d- does a story like this hopefully generate that kind of compassion, that kind of empathy? And uh, and I would I would probably say yes, but but I'm interested to hear more from your perspective. Uh, you know, have you, have you been doing many interviews or are you getting any pushback? You know, um, it, anyway, it's uh, it's a story that needs to be told, it seems to me over and over yeah I, I, we've been doing a lot of interviews and 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 you know that was our goal um 100 was that was our goal to create empathy for uh people with addiction issues and and um you know to try to smash the stigma in some way uh against addicts uh you know there was a statistic when we were developing the the project there was a statistic i came across or sorry a study i came across from the World Health Organization that was conducted in the early 2000s and the early aughts. And and it came to the conclusion that addiction was the most highly stigmatized uh, health uh, issue in, in the, you know, in the world. So, you know, that was our goal was to say, listen, there, but for the grace of God, go I, exactly that. I mean, that was a phrase that I used at the time when we were pitching the project. And you know, especially for Neil, he, he he it happened to him personally. And 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 one of the things we learned while being embedded, you know, you're there going through the program with the people while you're filming. And some of the the discussions and, and teachings is like, oh yeah, I do that, I do that. Like you're, mm. I, you know, I'm I'm rolling camera and I'm listening. And I'm going, well, that's me. Well, that's me. Right. right. You know, I. Oh, and, and and they were teaching teaching moments like, okay, when I go home, I'm going to act differently, or you know, when you know, no, and I'm not, I'm being completely serious. And Neil and I, we'd have debriefs afterwards and like, 
you know, maybe we should cut down on, on the, on the glass of wine we have every night with dinner, you know, and stuff like that. And, and so, wow. and I mean, and there were other things much more, uh, what, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but, but there were other situations that are much more just about life skills and the way we behave with, with each other and the way we communicate with each other, with our friends, with our family, with our, with our, our significant others, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they teach all that stuff. And, um, and it's, you realize it's a big part of, of recovery is just changing your behaviors. And it's not just addictive behaviors. It's just, you know, the behaviors of getting through life and how, and, and that helping that helping you get through life in a way that you won't need to turn to substance to, to deal with it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You know, and I don't want to get, I mean, I love getting philosophical and I I hope this question doesn't sound too philosophical, but with respect to habit, it seems to me that at a certain point, I wonder if you even necessarily need it anymore. Does that even make sense? Like it's become such a part of your life, such a part of your worldview. And I actually think I do have a tendency towards addictive behaviors of some kind. Mm. And I've certainly talked about that with uh, friends and my family, my wife, and some counselors along the way. Sure. Uh, but thankfully, I've been able to stay on this side of it, yeah. not to polarize it necessarily, because I think it's way more complicated. Mm. And as your film beautifully brings out, super nuanced and, 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 and 
difficult. But but I do wonder about that, you know, if 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 this idea of empowerment is there, if it's already there, that that addicts just need to kind of find it. And I suppose maybe that's a trite truism. I don't know. Does that make any sense? I, I'm just kind of. Uh, yeah, I think I know what you're getting at. I mean, for me, the way uh, and 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 again, it, it it's hard because it does seem like you're you're you might be polarizing. One might be polarizing the issue, but. For me, uh, you know, I'm in the same boat as you. I would say I, I've done some, I've had some behaviors that, you know, I, I wonder why, why I didn't become an addict. And for me, you know, one of the things that I feel is that, you know, uh, an addict, for whatever reason, is hardwired to not be able to control their substance use. So, you know, or I can go home and have a glass of wine with dinner, uh, an alcoholic can't just stop at one or where I could, you know, do a line of cocaine or whatever, someone else will just keep on a binge. And, 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 and I'm, I, I, and maybe that sounds trite, but I'm not trying to be trite because addicts have told me this, both the counselors at Westover have said those things. And, you know, just to unsolicited people that I know that are, that are recovering addicts have said the same thing. They said, Derek, you and I, the difference is like we could go out partying and after the weekend, you, you know, you, you, you wouldn't continue partying you'd go mm. back to work. Whereas I will not stop partying until for whatever reason I'm, you know, I can't anymore physically, you know? So Ryan says at the beginning of the film, there's, um, uh, something to the effect of that. He doesn't think there's a simple equation Yeah, for, for beating his habit or for kicking the addiction, I think was, was the line. Yeah. Do you come away from, you know, um, being embedded contextually for that much time, getting to know, um, you know, these clients of yours, these people in such an intimate way with, with that sense? I mean, even though we, we see the 12-step program through AA, it seems like there's kind of tools which sort of imply an equation of some kind. But clearly, uh, if Ryan's right, it's, it's, it's all about perspective. Or maybe it's all about what we bring to the table. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, a counselor or, or somebody else that's in a, in a program might, might disagree with Ryan and say, well, there is an equation. You just fall, you go to meetings, you follow the steps, right, you, right. you do the step work. And I'm, and I, and, and, you know, we're as filmmakers, we weren't ever interested in promoting the 12 step program. It just, you know, that was part of their teachings there. And, and, and we don't, we don't do, you know, we don't show any 12 step meetings and, and, and really, I mean, part of uh, those programs is they don't want to be um, portrayed in the media. So, but, you know, what I know from what I would agree with, with Ryan about that issue is it's incredibly difficult, you know, um, when in the film, uh, one of the, the counselors, Laird Brush, says, you know, we only ask them to change one thing, and that's everything. That's right. You know, that's a great line. Where, it, where you, potentially where you live, who you hang out with, the way you behave, where you work, all of those things need to be considered. And if you just think about, like, if someone said to, you know, me, Derek, you know, you're going to have to change your career tomorrow if you want to, if you want to get better. I mean, you know it's it's a insurmountable task almost to just to change one of those things but but that's the reality right for someone like ryan who's and he says in the film he's like i'm i'm scared before he's leaving he says i'm scared because 
all I know, the only people I know are either dealers or users. That's my milieu. I mean, mm. he doesn't use the word milieu, but that's, that's his, that's who he hangs out with. And that's all he knows since he's been like 14 years old. And now he's just turned 19 and he's told, you're going to have to get rid of all your friends. You're going to have to find a job with it. So that's not going to trigger you into using. You'll probably have to, you should probably move from where you live because all those people that, you know, were part of your lifestyle beforehand are still there. And, but he's a 19 year old kid with no money. How do you do that? What's the equation for him? Now you and I can potentially make suggestions, but without, in my view, without like some, you know, guardian angel of support, whatever that is or whoever that is, Mm. how's he going to do all that by himself? And it's not just him. I mean, I mean, I'm using him as, as an example, but sure. But it's across the board for everybody, and 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 so the you know Laird will admit in the film he talks about changing everything, but he'll admit that's the goal. I mean, you have to work towards those things, and that's the incredible amount of hard work that needs to be done to recover. Um, and that was a revelation for for Neil and I that you know, no, you don't go to treatment and you're you're suddenly cured in 19 days, or if it's a longer program somewhere else, whatever it is, it's like no, you it's a lifelong thing where you have to continue doing the work and it's and especially when you know initially it's a lot of hard work it's a lot of hard work oh it's just such an incredible commitment i can't imagine being told i'm going to need to change everything yeah yeah you know in order to get to x or to y or to whatever to climb this hill essentially which in some respects would be a simple task um it's a film about healing to me, Derek, obviously, on so many levels, or maybe not healing, I suppose, in mm-hmm. some cases. Do you think true healing comes in a community? Well, I, I think, you know, I don't know what your definition of community is, but I think certainly fellowship. I mean, this is what they they, mm. they teach is that, you, you know, well, in getting back to Ryan, he needs to find a new community, right? He needs to find new friends that are there to support him. And near the end of the film, I'm not going to give it away totally, but he does mention near the end of the film, he's met some new people and hopefully that will help him, you know, get, get the the support he needs. And so in that, in that respect, I would say, yes, I mean, you need, you need people around you that you can communicate with in a way um, that will help be helpful to your recovery. Um, and, and, you know, and it's, it seems when they tell you this kind of stuff, you, uh, it seems kind of simplistic, but in, in, when they start right. to contextualize it, like for instance, the other day, well, here's the thing, like, uh, you know, one of the things that will trigger an addict into a relapse or anybody into using, you know, having a drink, like, you know, is stress, something stressful happens is like, oh man, I, I, you know, I need to, I need a drink. It's a common phrase, you know? Sure. And, uh, and so you know, well, then you need to find alternative ways to deal with your stress. Because if you're, if you're an addict and you use, you know, for, to medicate your stress, you're just going to keep using. So, um, you know, for instance, personally, the other day I had a very stressful, uh, thing happen. And, uh, and I was, I was just like, you know, had that feeling, you know, that if I were at home late in the day, I'd say, okay, I'm just going to have, have a drink to calm myself down, but I was at work. And so I just real, you know, kind of thought back was like, I'll just go and talk to someone about it. I'll talk it out and, 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 and maybe that'll help me 
you know, relieve the stress. And it did. And, and, and it sounds so simple, but often we don't do that. We don't communicate with each other about these things, and, you know, per, potentially because I don't know, it's, you don't think, you don't think about it or you don't think it's the right person to talk to, or you don't want to burden others. But I think, uh, you know, one of the things that they talk, talk about at Westover is just, we need to communicate with each other. And, mm. you know, and that's what, what's, what, what the meetings are for. What, when people go to meetings is just to, to talk, talk it out. Um, well, the hope is that you, I, I guess the hope and the, uh, the desire is that you can take it out beyond the meeting. Yeah. You can take it out beyond the meeting, take it into your community. It's something that, that you get addicted to. Take, and, it just it, becomes a, yeah, that's, that's the goal, right? That you don't always have to go to meetings to do this, that, that you can do it with your, your family members, um, and, 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 and work through those things. I mean, one of the things, do, so go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was thinking of, uh, I think it was Laird who said, change one thing while you're here. That you know, it means you got to change, you've got to change everything. Yeah. Um, it's if, if it's genetic and it's a disease, which I think it was also Laird who talked about, the, he used the analogy of cancer and how we treat a, a, you know, a cancer patient, they can get it a second or a third time and we can be there for them and, and, and we're good with it. There seems to be a fine line, and again, don't want to polarize because I rarely think these things are that simple, but there is a there is a responsibility that the clients these that that a young Ryan has, that a that a Julie has, and so on, right? Like I mean, Westover only goes so far. Yeah. Did you get a sense? Did you get a sense for that? Um how how would you deal with a friend? You know, what it, What does it mean to intervene? Uh, at what point do you say, hey, man, this is up to you. You got yeah. to roll your sleeves up. You, you know what I mean? It's a yeah. super tough question. Yeah. Right? It's almost impossible. But I think, I mean, I, there are listeners out here, I would imagine, that on face-to-face who are dealing with these issues personally, yeah. but also have family members, yeah. right? I mean, I just, I don't know, where kind of where do you turn? Big questions, man, big questions. <laughs> they are big questions. Um, I don't know. I mean there's a whole the whole there's a whole aspect of codependency too right like and right, the, and they have right. a codependency program a one week codependency po- program at Westover also uh and and the family programs at Westover so in the film you'll see there's a family day now in the film because mm-hmm. it's a film we condensed it to one day but every weekend each day each saturday and sunday families members or fa- our entire families are invited to come and visit their loved ones uh, if they're at Westover under the condition that they also participate in a, a family structured program. Um, it's not just come and hang out, you, you, you know, because, you know, what one learns is that families are often, or family members are often triggers for, or the reason, sure. the reasons for why someone fell into addiction or, or can, you know, once one is in recovery can be triggers uh, for a relapse. So, so that's a huge thing. And, and, you know, well, but as a family member, when do you say, you know, you need to, you need to deal with this. I can only give you so much and, and you have to let go, but it's, you know, uh, we, 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 we often see the opposite where someone essentially becomes an enabler, you know, continues to enable the addiction. So these are all very tough questions and, and, and it's, you know, a story we, we didn't witness it, but a story we were told was 
when we were doing when we were developing the project from the executive director at the time at Westover, he he said, you know, a mother came to me and said, you need you need to get my son in here. And the executive director said, well, we, you know, there are beds available for your son, but we can't, you know, we can't force your son to do anything. If your right. son doesn't, it's up to your son. Your son has to decide that they want to come here. And the mother said, well, if he doesn't come here, he will die. And they said, yes, that is true. We don't, we don't dispute that, but there's, wow. there's nothing we can do. And, you know, that's what it comes down to in the end. It's really, it's a really yeah, harsh reality. Cho- cho- deeply existential statements, personal um, choice and, and freedom and responsibility, right? Yeah. So, so, oh, so connected to it all. So many, so many other questions. I mean, I, I just, my heart goes out to, to the, the, the people that you follow in this film. And, and I think of the, oh, the, the, don't we all just need to listen a little more, Derek? I think I think that's one of my takeaways from your film is, you know, how, how can I come clean after watching this film? Yeah. You know, what what can I say to myself that that's gonna hopefully make me a better parent, a better a better husband, a better friend, a better employer, all those things. And I look at the fear and the loneliness and the shame and the guilt and I just I don't know. Yeah. How how can we um and wasn't it wasn't it Annie, who says about Chris, I just, I want to love him the way he is or, or, or something along those lines, which is clearly, you know, a, a step in the right direction in, in their relationship, but also in their healing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Annie and, and Chris, I mean, that's a, a, a complex relationship and they're, you know, still working through those things, sure. but, uh, and I don't want to give away because that that's really the narrative thread that, that goes through the entire right. film. Uh, sure. Sure. It does. Yeah. Uh, yep. So, but I mean, it, you know, it, talking about codependency, you know, she was dealing with that after treatment, after going back home to Chris, who, who was an admitted alcoholic. So she's going back to a, an addictive environment. And, you know, how do you navigate that? How do you, how do you navigate that? How do you stay clean in, in that environment? Um, and uh, so that was a huge, huge hurdle for her. Is a huge hurdle for her. So that said, I mean, there, were, there was a counselor at, at uh, Westover who was in the same situation and, and has somehow learned to live with that. They have, they have, their marriage continues and her husband is an addict. She, and she admits it freely. Um, and, you know, it, because again, the idea is you can't force that person to, right. to go into treatment. They have to decide for themselves. Derek, you know, I, we got to wrap, we got to wrap it up shortly, but I, I think for me, um, and I always, I hope it, hmm. My wife probably, Elizabeth or my kids, probably wouldn't describe me as the most hopeful person in the world. And yet I think that is a thread that runs through the work that I do internationally, but also the work I'm trying to do on face-to-face. And I really felt that in, in Come Clean in this film and, and these stories that I don't know where they wound up. Um, uh, and maybe you don't know either, but, but there is this sense of, of hope and 
you know, that idea of, of putting one step in front of the other, you know, to continue that existential sort of thread. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. So th- thanks for that. Hey, can, can you, can you tell our view, uh, viewers, our listeners where, where they can, uh, see the film? They can as see, we come to a close. Yeah. Thanks. Um, well, it already premiered on January 25th, um, on TVO TV and it's, available online streaming at tvo.org and tvo's youtube channel and it plays again on tv tonight and sunday night at 9 p.m so so basically uh uh canadian access only for the time being and then ultimately oh no you said a youtube channel as well yeah the youtube it's geoblock for canada um so it's across it's available across canada online Cross Canada. Yeah, I mean the best place to watch it is online. I mean, I wouldn't say the best place, but right. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the 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 best access uh, is sure. is is online either either at tvo.org uh, or tvo's YouTube channel, which you should That's be able great. to find easily. Any any hope for international distribution? Sure, there's always a hope, but <laughs> there's always a hope. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, there's uni- universals here, man. If this isn't uh, a story that applies across the board, I'm not sure what is. No, thanks for saying that. It's great, Derek. Thanks for thanks for your time today. Uh, we're talking with Derek Romer, uh, writer, director, producer, filmmaker, uh, talking about his new film, compelling, an important new film, Come Clean. Thanks, David. Hard to believe that six million Canadians will meet the criteria for addiction in our lifetimes. That's what uh, Derek Romer and I have been chatting about. Uh, this film, Come Clean, we've been talking about recovery and healing and and addiction and community-based solutions to to embracing this and stepping into this kind of uh, uh, fellowship and this kind of, of change in uh, in and around the places that we live. So please check out uh, Derek's new film. He made that with Neil Graham. It's called Come Clean, TVO Originals. You can get to it, tvo.org. Don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about what I do, face-to-facelive.ca under the same umbrella. Check out the library. More importantly, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're watching slash listening on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, but also subscribe there too. That's helpful. And please, socially mediate us if you can. Get word on the street for us. We would appreciate that. And um, leave us a review. Last thing, I mean, if you can't do any of those other things, please leave us a review because it makes a difference. iTunes, uh, Spotify, we would appreciate it. Thank you for listening. I so love uh, going deeper and having these conversations with people. I, I feel like we're just scratching the surface. But thanks to you, my listeners, we're able to keep these things, these conversations going. And for me, that's what it's all about. Thanks for listening today on Face to Face. My name is David Peck. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.